This podcast is protected under the laws of the United States and other countries. Unauthorized duplication, distribution, or exhibition may result in civil liability, criminal prosecution, and the wrath of the tall man. <laughs> Boy! Thanks for coming back to 90 for Chill, the podcast. This is your host, Cool Movie Starth. My planned uh, podcaster this week ended up having uh, hit a snag, so I'm just going to give you some good horror advice, and we're going to start it off with the cult classic now which i don't get it made 26 times its budget in adam wingard classic you're next and we'll go from there i just want you all to know how much it means to us that you're all here thanks to mom and dad beautiful just a perfect day Dear Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for Thy food and help us to do our part with kind words and loving deeds. Amen. Amen. What is that? It is time to rock and roll. Bring the noise. Well, thank you, Lionsgate, for probably spending more to get the license to Perfect Day by Lou Reed than anything that would have been spent on the actual film. As I said, it made 26 times its budget. It was a $1 million feature. And, you know, it's very clean, very solid. I mean, when you look at $1 million... This looks a lot better than The Toxic Avenger Part 2, which I think was about $1.6 million. So, uh, this is probably why Adam Wingard is getting your universe, sorry, your Warner Brothers monster movies like King Kong. And, you know, he's definitely got the talent as a director, and that's probably the strongest point because... At least for me, I prefer to have a little more meta in my horror movies. I grew up with slashers that got so stupid in the 80s. And then the entire meta movement that Wes Craven decided to bring us with the Scream films. Now, 
I'll be honest, I haven't really watched that many 80s and 90s slashes when you stop and look at it. I mean, it's so much easier to turn to Stuart Gordon, which is a nice little play on my behalf, mentioning him, because we have Scream Queen Barbara Crampton in this movie. And you know what? I could say Chopping Mall's a little weak, fun, but a little weak. And you just can't go wrong when you have Barbara Crampton in your cast. So a lot of uh, positives for this one. But I would have rather, you know, let's try to be a little more tongue-in-cheek, I guess. And once we get to the twist in the feature, where we find out this isn't just your typical lunatics just wanting to kill people movie, it does start taking itself a little less seriously. And it gives you these epic kills that you didn't know you wanted. So, I mean, yeah, it, especially when you, what happens to a cop who's a little quick to fire his gun. So it's a feature about a family getting back together for the 35th wedding anniversary. The parents were employed by a defense contractor and so there's a lot of money to be had with them. So it's good to come up, come show up and kiss a little ass to mom and dad. And then suddenly there is a crossbow attack. And, you know, from there we figure out how the heck we can survive this. And lo and behold, our final girl grew up in the outback in a survival survivalist uh, compound. That's how we got our strong um, heroine portrayed by Sharni Vinson. And, I mean, she's really... I'm surprised she hasn't really gotten that uh, many... I'm surprised she's not Barbara Crampton now, <laughs> I guess is what I'm saying. Because uh, she gives a solid performance. Her character's probably one of the strongest in all of horror, at least as uh, females go. And you know what? It's kind of like this is something you really kind of wish, if you're a Tarantino fan, to see Zoe Bell get as a feature. Sharni Vinson is an actress compared to a stunt, stunt um, performer who's dabbling in acting. So good decisions there. And... You know, you, it's kind of a bait and switch when you watch the beginning of the feature. It feels like it's going to be a kind of tongue-in-cheek slasher movie or maybe a parody of the home invasion movies that uh, were all the rage, um, primarily The Strangers. I guess you'd say Vacancy, kind of along those lines. I'm not really a big home invasion fan, and Lord knows I could not have watched this with Allie. Uh, my ex-girlfriend who runs Allie's Accessory Shop on Etsy. And, yeah, she's somebody who would count a roommate as a lock. So, yeah, I, I'm kidding about that, Allie. You know that. So, yeah, I wish it could have been a little more, as I say, I could have enjoyed a little more tongue-in-cheek stuff. But then again... It really pays off once all the cards are laid out on the table. And a couple of the final kills are just chef's kiss there. So 
that was your next. Um, and I guess now we can just talk about podcast BS. So I was trying to do ready or not, but you know, life happens to people. So that one's definitely postponed. And I was hoping at C2E2 I could get some time to podcast the Poetic Critic. That didn't quite work out. But, uh, you know, price of seeing Mystery Science Theater 3000 live and really exposing how crappy, with the exception of Universal Soldier, that Roland Emmerich is as a director. Such a Spielberg knockoff. And the movie they watched, Making Contact from 1988 kind of uh, proves that. 1988, the year where we tried to one more time to get that E.T. vibe back. So, but otherwise, you know, before we get to the finale, you know, I'm still looking for a guest for next week's podcast, I suppose. I'm going to try to hit the the original lineup and hope something comes out of that. And... You know, where my head's at right now, C2E2 was kind of tough for me because it's just um, circumstances. But, you know, by day two when you're just up there by your lonesome. Yeah, I had the poetic critic, but she does her own thing and I do all mine. And I've kind of been to cons uh, the last, gosh, five years with a significant other. And I could actually say how cons resulted in the breakup, but I digress. And being out on the floor two days in a row at least, you're kind of feeling like you're alone in the crowd. So I really appreciate all the guests that come on to 90 for Chill, the podcast. I know a lot of it, or I sense a lot of it, is that they just want to have their own voice heard and, hey, somebody's giving it an outlet little easier on them maybe too easy but that's my fault there so but i think you know everybody who's come on the show to at least show me i got some kind of connection out there in the world you know this is for you at least uh when it comes to what i offer you and if you want to be on the show just send me an email to rustthebus07 at gmail.com. That's R-U-S-S-T-H-E-B-U-S-0-7 at gmail.com. Or you can follow me on Twitter. That's at CatBusRuss. That's at C-A-T-B-U-S-R-U-S-S. If you want to find me on Letterboxd, that's username CMDarth. But, you know, a little dif- more difficult to communicate over that. So if you can go and hit me up on one of those platforms... With a movie, a director, an actor, or a theme, as long as we're focusing on sub-100 minute material, I'll be glad to talk to you and get some podcast gold out of that. So, with that all being said, I guess I should, you know, suggest subscribing to 90 for Chill the Podcast, giving us those five-star reviews on whatever podcast app you prefer. If you want to talk trash, hey, that's what Twitter's for. Just help me with the algorithm, folks. So, I'm going to leave you then with a uh, feature, a horror movie. I guess I'm kind of leaving you on a down note if you're going to express my if my opinion is just been given away. Sorry. Uh, it's a feature called Nocturne. It's an interesting feature. 
I describe it, some people could get sold on it. I should say if I describe the premise. After that, all bets are off. Thanks again for coming to 90 for Chill, the podcast. Thank you, Stacia Harden, for your memories and keep me going. And I hope to hear from you guys next week. watching the Kickstarter funded, which, gosh, I wonder why I don't have my movie out because of that. Nocturne, directed by Stephen Schmeck. It is a Best Picture winner for LA Thriller Festival. That must have been a lame festival. This was from 2016. It's a story about a bunch of kids who go to a graduation party. One of them had to be intellectual and had to disprove religion by attempting a makeshift seance the deck of cards of course it ends up bringing a demon back out and possesses one of the kids quote unquote chaos ensues and we even try time loop stuff honestly first two acts not too bad i mean it does a good job of building suspense we're expecting something grand and then it's all ruined by crappy cg effects crappy practical effects it's just misses on all cylinders and when you combine that with a totally unbelievable cast at least our primary actress i suppose who plays the antagonist and eventually becomes the antagonist and the only one who could really probably handle all the dialogue they are given she is definitely way too old to be in this role so it kind of takes you out is basically like this is somebody with a script they took whatever they could get which hey i could applaud that and they're not that bad at directing it honestly until we get to that third act where it just okay you were expecting something maybe clever maybe in the lines of a paranormal activity instead we just get all the old horror tropes and it just totally misses can i hear a wahoo